So we're going to head down Saturday afternoon and try to figure out how the heck we do this because it's like the summer's like here and we haven't even been on the boat yet. It has been an interesting summer. It has. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, you, every, what are you doing? I'm doing nothing much. I'm just chilling. Okay. Well, that's good too. Yeah. 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 You can come help bail out the boat. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, well, yeah, I could do that or I could send Billy to do it because uh-huh. she loves to dig out water. Okay, so, perfect. Um, every so often, you know, we see articles targeted at women on self-care, recommending things like taking a bubble bath or getting a pedicure or a wine break or shopping. I mm-hmm. mean, all kinds of things. We're going to be joined by Dillis DeCruz, the vice president and head of wealth management at Meridian Credit Union, who says what is missing from that list is see a trustworthy financial advisor and get your stuff in order. You will feel <laughs> so much better. That's true. Uh, there's also an overwhelming amount of nutritional information available to us. It can be you know, really quite daunting picking a regime that works for you and your family. Transformation specialist and nutrition expert Suzanne Galuzzo is going to be here with some nutrition and workout tips that can be done when time isn't on your side. And and speaking of time, doing time. Mm. A seder, a spiritual healer, a maximum security prison, mm-hmm. a mansion in Forest Hill, fraud, Jewish gangsters, and more. Fringe Festival favorite Tracy Aaron Smith is back in her most personal show yet. It's about her father going to prison and asks the question, when you're a little kid and your dad goes to jail, does a part of you go with him? It's a fascinating story, so you'll want to stay tuned for that one because I don't think most people really well. Hopefully have not. About that. Well, we'll have uh, the latest movie and TV reviews with film critic Ann Brody, and closing out the show in our live studio sessions, we have Afro soul songwriter and vocalist Amai Kuda, who just released a brand new collaborative EP. So don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and visit our website at WhatSheSaidTalk.com where you can watch interviews, read guest blogs, and download our free Apple podcast. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to WhatSheSaidTalk.com. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a... a Meridian 5-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. 
Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Dillis DeCruz, the Vice President and Head of Wealth Management at Meridian Credit Union. Welcome back to What She Said. Great to be here. Now, today we're going to talk about self-care. You say there's more to it than just getting a pedicure or a bubble bath or even a massage. <laughs> right. So I, I got to tell you how this came about. I was uh, having a conversation with a few girlfriends and we were talking about self-care and I don't know how we got on the topic. And someone said, you know, there's more to self-care than just a bubble bath. And I went, oh, okay, this is really good. But if you think about it, um, you know, uh, your financial well-being plays so much into self-care. And um, so, you know, studies have shown that um, Canadians, 42% of them rank uh, financial stress as their number one stress. And so that's significant. And, And further studies have said, that it can be actually the equivalent of losing a loved one uh, when you're under tremendous financial stress. And so that translates into, uh, you know, body ailments, physical ailments, you know, mental uh, mental health issues. And so uh, I think it's really important, and, and it was kind of a lighthearted way to say when you, you know, I was Googling self-care, and it always starts with have a bubble bath, eat chocolate. I do all of it, by the way. Drink wine. <laughs> Drink wine, go shopping, buy a purse, you know. Um, and, and so that's all good. But if you're under uh, significant stress because of your finances, um, that will not is not going to make it go away, right? It's not going to make the stress go away. And so I would really like to add to all those magazine ads and everything else to say, um, you know, your financial well-being, find a, a trusted advisor who you can sit down and have a conversation with to walk through any stresses you might be feeling. Okay, you said that 42% of Canadians rank money as their greatest stress. Is it? Did they break it down by gender men versus women no but that's an interesting well i mean they could have i didn't go that deep but that would be an interesting one to to um because because uh women are generally reporting more financial stress Mm -hmm. than men with higher levels of insomnia yeah anxiety overwhelming stress and it's all comes to do with with they're worried about paying the bills. Well, yeah, that's true, and and you're right because that 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 piece of it as well is, is that women are carrying that financial burden, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's affecting them the more uh, physically, and and then there's also the whole issue of um, uh, you know the uh, financial gap in um, in income. For women yeah. as well, too, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that uh, that gap becomes bigger and bigger and bigger as you uh, go to retirement versus men. So um, women are carrying that, um, and women will carry that stress differently. And so it's really, really important to to kind of sit down and address that stress and understand what ca- what can you do to fix that stress. Yeah, I, I, I must say that I know a lot of women, many of them are single at this stage of the game, and they're very concerned because it's a matter of security. Yeah, They're yeah. concerned about being on the street or something at some point. Yeah, and, and so I'm glad you took it in that direction too because, you know, um, I've talked a lot about why women have to take financial control of their, of their future because many are single right now. Uh, women are going through divorce, uh, I, you know, men die earlier than women and so you're widowed and so um, you know that whole stress as you look to the future um, it it just gets more concerning and you want to make sure that you're prepared for that future. Well isn't there I I believe um, back when we started we talked about how um, 80% of women will at some point in their lives have control of the family We'll family. have to. That's absolutely Money, right. Yeah. And and that's exactly why. And it's because um, it's either through divorce, it's through they're losing their spouse. Um, they also are um, 
inheriting money too, right? Because their husband might pass oh, away. Oh, I hope. <laughs> 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 They're coming into money. But, uh, but they will have to manage money at some point in their time, at time. And so that's why it's really important for women to take that control early on and because, not abdicate that responsibility to somebody, your spouse, for example. Well, aren't we in, still in the greatest transfer of generational wealth in Canada Four ever? trillion. Yeah. Four trillion. Of, of transfer of wealth for women and for these very reasons, right? Through the death of a spouse and through the death of parents, this money is going to come in. So it's more critical that women um, take control of that, understand it, and get the advice they need to prepare for their future. But what we're talking about here is this age-old thing forever about people being uncomfortable talking about money. Yeah. And women maybe more so. And so it's a matter of just stripping off the Band-Aid, go into an office, sit down, and talk to an advisor. Yeah. It's, it's almost like telling your worst secret. People don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And if they could talk to someone who has, again, a, an objective view, yeah. they would feel so much better. Yeah, and, and people are, and I really, want to, I really want to encourage people to let go of the shame and the embarrassment. And I really should have more, or I cannot believe I'm in this position of debt. Um, financial advisors have seen it all. Right, and so it doesn't matter what stage you're at. If you've um, you're burdened in debt, or you just don't think that you've saved enough, you really should. To your point, just come in and and. That's what they do for a living. We tell our doctors everything, so yeah. you should be okay going they, in and talking to an advisor. They don't judge. No. And they do not tell anybody about it. No, exactly. And they've seen it over and over. You know how when we go into doctors, we're like, sometimes so embarrassed, like, oh, i got to talk about this. And the doctors are like, oh, they've seen it a hundred times over. Mm-hmm. Financial advisors have seen that as well. And so the most important thing is to be honest and say, this is a situation I'm in, and this is where I want to go. So before you go in, before yeah. you take that step and open the door in, in, into the office, what, how can you get your financial ducks in a row? What kind of lists should you be be making? Should it be goals, cash flow, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I, I really think that you have to do some work before you go in. And an advisor can absolutely help you budget and plan. But you have to really know how much money do I have coming in? What's my cash flow? And sometimes, get a handle on that. So let's say you're, you're struggling with debt or you can't make ends meet. What is your cash flow? How much is coming in and how much is going out? And then what are your immediate identify the stresses right so what is what is stressing you out right now is it that you can't pay your bills or do you have a baby along the way coming up or do you want to buy a house or what is it that um, you're either stressed about that you want to deal with in the in the immediate term or short term term short term um, and then what do you want to plan for and so I think having a list uh, before you go in and just really sitting down and thinking about it so that you can have a really fulsome conversation and somebody can help kind of set a, a path for you I always found it interesting I haven't done it in a while, but to, to make that um, list of what I actually spend every week because, you know, the coffee here, do you the do lunch that? there. No, as I said, I haven't done <laughs> okay. it in a while, okay. but maybe yeah. I should because yeah. it's amazing yeah. how those little amounts add up. Mm-hmm. That you don't think. So. Well, and and I was going to say, if you did that, that's very impressive. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I was say, wow, you're my yeah. hero. Um, but you can do it. I decided to, you know, uh, do that. I don't do it regularly too. But you can just do that so easily with your accounts now, right? You can just download it um, to an Excel spreadsheet, or mm-hmm. you can actually do a search function on uh, on the online banking. 
and so you can see where you're spending your money uh, and it'll be and then there's many apps that just show you exactly where you're spending your money so I even mm-hmm. just kind of sitting down and making a note of it or tracking it um, you can just automate that now and and because we're debiting everything that's the other thing right we debit everything and sometimes it's hard to understand am I really spending more than I than I have coming in because you're debiting a coffee here and you're debiting something else and you have no clue how much you've actually spent versus when we used to have to take cash out. Do you guys use cash still or are you debit? Hardly, Hardly ever. I, yeah. But I have a visa with points, so I yeah, don't debit. Yeah. I visa. Yeah. And then, But that way I can see because yeah. I can see the account. I mean, even if it's like a $3 cup of coffee, it's yeah. like I'm... I'm tapping it away because then I've I've got that. So in a month, I can look back and go, yeah. that was a lot of coffee <laughs> yeah. or, yeah. you know, whatever I sort of, you know, that was maybe. And then you're I paying off your credit card right away. And the day that the bill arrives, I don't even wait for the due date, Dillis. You have taught me well. I, awesome. You know, it's like done, yeah. transferred, gone. Yeah. Mine is automatic. Yeah. So you just do an automatic transfer over? It's just automatically debited from my checking account yeah. my visa and and I taught month. my kids that too because I think credit card is important to get uh, early days because um, you can you start getting a credit score and credit history uh, but I've taught my kids as well too as soon as you spend money on your credit card transfer money over right away mm-hmm. and so that way you're not even waiting for the for the bill to come in as well. Too. Oh, you're yeah. even earlier than that. Yeah, yeah because then at least it's out of your account because otherwise sometimes it's a false sense of how much money you yeah. have in your account. So yeah. my kids do that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, good. Yeah. They just have it automatically, whatever it is. Out it goes. Yeah. Out it yeah. goes. So get, yeah, get a list, go and see some, someone and how do people find an office in their area so just go on our website meridiancu.ca put in a location and uh, find a branch near you and really uh, i just want to take uh, again say it, it doesn't matter where you're at it does not matter where you're at go in talk to somebody and they can help you um you know just get on track to to get some of that stress out of your life and explain the magic of compound That's interest right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good end yeah. <laughs> thanks Dillis. all right great to be here What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code WHATSHESAID. Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it, you'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch Sundays at Draco. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest, and lovable. 
Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. So when you're a little kid and your dad goes to prison, does a part of you go with him? Well, joining us now is Fringe Festival favorite Tracy Aaron Smith, who's back in her most personal show yet, and she is here in studio to tell us all about it. Welcome to What She Said. Thanks, Kate. So we have a satyr, a spiritual healer, a maximum security prison, a mansion in Forest Hill, fraud, Jewish gangsters, and more... All based on apparently a true story. Tell us what inspired The Big House, which is the name of the show. Okay, what a great question. Um, This past year, I found myself in a maximum security men's prison in California. And just as they were debriefing us before we went in, and one of the things they told us was, if you are taken hostage, we will not pay the ransom for your <laughs> release. <laughs> I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Did you turn it around? So, Obviously not. I didn't. I went in and had an incredible experience that I will never forget. But it also made me wonder, why was I spending my own money to go into this kind of environment? And then when we had to introduce ourselves... Um, we're supposed to say our name, the name of our company, and why we were the best coach for these men because they were in an entrepreneurial program to teach them how to create their own businesses because when prisoners are released, they often have a very hard time getting Mm -hmm. hired, so this at least gives them a shot. So I'm step up to the mic. I'm in front of 50 prisoners, 25 volunteers, 10 staff, and all the armed guards with machine guns at the back of the gym. And for some reason, goodness knows, I can't think straight. And, <laughs> what? And, um, and instead of my name, I start to sing Amazing Grace. In my head, I'm like, what is happening? And then the next thing I say is, hi, my name is Tracy. The last time I was in a prison, I was seven years old visiting my father. So I promise to do whatever it takes to help you today. And that got me thinking or realizing, oh, maybe that's why I've flown my adult self to go visit men in prison. Because I need to revisit that from my childhood and take a look at the impact. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Work through it. So a cathartic sort of exercise. Exactly. Exactly. And was it? It was. It was. They did this. Um, we listened to them pitch their their business ideas, and we were sort of like Dragon's Den coaches. Have you seen that show where yeah. people pitch their business ideas? And um, But then it got very personal, and they did an exercise called Step to the Line, where they had all of the inmates and all the volunteers facing each other just about a foot apart. And they would read statements, and if the statement was true for you, you step to the line. And they did everything. They started very easily. Uh, They said, I like hip-hop. Everybody stepped to the line. And then it went more intimate in terms of I've lost uh, someone I love to gang violence or I've lost a parent to suicide, which is something I had in common with a lot of the men. And then we shared with each other something we couldn't forgive ourselves or somebody else for. And that's when um, a lot of the emotions started to come out. It was very intimate, very personal. Okay, but how does this... Your work yeah. going in as yeah. an, uh, teaching them entrepreneurial skills, I see that. But then how does this connect with what happened with your father who was sentenced for white-collar crime in mm-hmm. Toronto mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you went to visit him mm-hmm. back then? And how does all this connect into a Fringe Festival show? Well, 
I wanted to bring the stories of the men inside the prison to the public because mm -hmm. these are stories that are rarely heard. And one thing I'm really passionate about are, are taking stories from the peripheral into the mainstream. And then I thought, what if I combined that with my own story of what it was like to grow up? Um, we had this mansion in Forest Hill. Then my father was charged with fraud and found guilty and sent to jail. We lost everything. And it was on the front page of the Toronto Sun. So I had a lot to identify with in terms of the families of the incarcerated men. And when they graduated from this program, um, their kids came in to watch them graduate. So I, I really sort of saw my seven-year-old self when I was visiting. So it was, so it was very connected, and it was a way to get their stories out, but also relook at and work on mine. What was the toughest part of that for you? From seven on? Um, well, my cousin, which I talk about in the show, told me about when she took us to visit my dad. And one thing I didn't know was that when they brought him into the visiting room, I wouldn't look at him. I wouldn't talk to him. And I think it's because you're in so much pain and you're so confused about where one parent has gone that when you finally see them, you, the anger comes out or the fear comes out more than the love. I'm sure I wanted to hug him so much, but, but I didn't. Now, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, but you also, I thought I heard you mention mm -hmm, that you mm -hmm. had a parent that committed suicide. So my dad ended his life in 2010. Okay, so he took his own life. Mm -hmm. and while he, so he was long out of prison yeah, yeah. at that point. Yeah, so any yeah, connection yeah. with that? Do you think it was because everything was shattered you know, in his life? That's such a good question. My father, during his life, never really apologized for the damage that he caused our family and other families. And... Um, in the weeks, I'd say about 10 days before he died, we were having breakfast at Starbucks in the annex, and he finally broke down, and he told me his life story, and he said, um, I hurt so many people, and, and he apologized then. And he was, I think, in his own mind on his way out at that point. What's your biggest regret? Because you say mm. they asked. That was one of the questions. Mm -hmm. The one that I shared um, in prison was that I'm, I'm, I'm not certain I did everything I could to stop his suicide, which I have since worked through because truly when someone wants to end their life, they will, and they'll, they'll find a way. You can, you can do lots of things to try to get in the way, but my father lied at the end and said he was going away for a couple of days and that he'd be back. Oh. So... You've managed to add humor. Yeah, to I was what just sounds say, like a heartbreaking situation. Absolutely, because this is not a depressing piece of work by no, any means. No, not at all. So one of my trademarks, dare I say, or just the way I was born, is humor is is one of the languages I speak. It's it's been a survival mechanism. It's how I help to connect with other people. Mm -hmm. And so in, in the show, part of the show is this Seder scene, and it is where I've thrown my relatives into a Passover Seder, which is where us Jews normally get together, uh, families. And there's all the things that go back and forth, the people arguing with each other, judging each other, saying ridiculous things. And then as the Seder goes on longer, the more deeper things and resentments and, and truths are outed. So what do you hope people take from the show? So one of the themes of the show is 
um, what I would call the epidemic of loneliness. And mm-hmm. I talk in the show about how I live in a small bachelor apartment in Parkdale, and my sister has a really big house and, and, and a husband and kids and a labradoodle. And, that, <laughs> and, I, and I look at, you know, why, why am I alone? And also um, that recently in England they appointed a minister, loneliness from a, a, a minister of loneliness. And that, that it's not just me. Like our modern society has somehow promoted this idea that living alone is great or, you know, for so many reasons. And, um, and I hope that at the end of this piece people feel more willing to reach out and connect, more willing to look at their own past in order to help them understand things so they can create the future they want and they're not being held back by certain things. And after each show, I'm going to invite the audience to come join me for a drink and some nachos at the bar next door to walk <laughs> to walk my talk so that, you know, um, I'm actually connecting humans face-to-face in real time. It's a lovely sentiment. Yeah, it is. And you're continuing your work inside prisons? with. with... So I've been back twice. I would love to go again. Mm-hmm. I would love to create a show um, in a women's prison, if anyone's listening who has connections inside a, a women's prison. I help people tell their life stories on stage. So mm-hmm. I think that would be really powerful for them and the people on the outside. So the Big House opens on Thursday? On Thursday night. So that's July 4th, and it runs yeah. till the 14th, that's so 10-day right. run yeah. at the Factory Theatre Main Space yeah. in Toronto. You can buy tickets now at fringetoronto.com. That's right. That's and right. there's singing involved. Yeah, there's singing. There's <laughs> me singing. There's something else I won't mention right now. Oh, but No spoilers. Mm-hmm. No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah. Um, now, how can people connect uh, directly with you. Oh, thanks for asking. Um, my website, tracyarensmith.com, and Tracy has an E in it. So T R A C E Y E R I N, Smith, we can do. Smith, we can do. Smith, we can do. Um, okay, and are you working on something? new after this? Well, this is a brand new show, so it's sort of all-consuming. Mm-hmm. But I'm working on teaching some intensives in in, um, in Ontario and then at Hollyhock in BC and then in Toronto in the fall. So anyone who wants to tell their own story on stage, that's that's my passion. All right. Tracy Aaron Smith, thank you very much. And, and uh, break a leg with the big house. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. And joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is film critic Ann Brody. And this week we're starting off with... Isabel, a Canadian horror story with Adam Brody and Amanda Crute. Oh, the eye rolls are happening. I don't know when I've seen a sillier horror film. There's a person up in the window. We find out who she is staring at these new people who've moved in. They're pregnant. It's an old Victorian, naturally. And this, this woman is looking out with like a smoky eye and a waxy face like, 
Okay. And that's supposed to scare people in this day and age? It's incredible. It's just gets worse they bring a priest into it because everything's going wrong with his family they blame the woman in the window poor old sheila mccarthy one of our great actors oh yeah yeah she plays the mother of the person in the window and this is her through the whole thing that's it that's all she gets to do and wringing her hands and wringing her hands and 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 messing up her face by looking scary just brutal and i'm sorry you filmmakers but i've got to be frank with you Okay. Well, absolutely. That's it's why you're here. Sophisticated. <laughs> exactly. Very, yeah. <laughs> what about the series, The Loudest Voice? That's really good. It's um, the story of uh, Roger Ailes. Now, as you'll recall, there was a documentary out not that long ago. But mm-hmm. Russell Crowe is Roger Ailes, and he's put on the weight. He's got this incredible makeup. He looks just like him. Um, his wife is played by. Uh, oh, who's his wife played by? Can't think. Um, Sienna Miller, Naomi Sienna Watts. Sienna Miller. Sienna Miller. Yeah, she looks completely different too. They're all totally transformed. And Seth MacFarlane is in it too. Odd, I mean, eh? Yeah, very odd. Yeah, he plays um, Ailes's right hand man. And it, it <laughs> Does is somebody strange. play Gretchen Carlson, the Fox reporter. Who, uh, uh, Na- Naomi Watts. Ah, okay. And she's great because Gretchen Carlson, this one woman who made a sexual harassment suit against Roger Ailes mm. encouraged all these other women to come forward and brought about his downfall. Now, as you know, Roger Ailes uh, sort of created the Republican Party as it is today. Far-right, alt-right policies, um, hatred, fear, that's what he ran on. Mm. And his wife kept telling him, you're bigger than America. You mm. can do what you want. So, you know, we all had that schadenfreude as he was marched out of the offices. Okay, so that's a showtime. And then on Amazon Prime Video, uh, that no, that is on Amazon Prime Video, that there's that Roger Ailes story, because that's right, there's the other one. There's two showtime, of them. Showtime, yeah, yeah. So the first one we talked about is on Showtime, but the other one, Divide and Conquer, is on... Uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime Video, yes, okay. yes, and uh, that's really good. That's really good, too, okay. Yeah. Uh, now, Alicia Vikander in... Euphoria. What's that about? I've heard some odd things. It is really odd. Uh, Eva Green, I don't know if you know Eva Green, but she always plays oddballs. So they're sisters, they're estranged. She invites her sister along to to go, Eva does, on a trip, a mystery trip. Uh, They get in a helicopter and they go out in the middle of nowhere and land plopped down in a cult. Uh, <laughs> you know, and Vikander is uh, rather upset and tries to get away and is frequently stopped. Um, and the the boss of this place is Charlotte Rampling, and she's so she's so culty. She's so mm, smiling and everything's joyous, but that she'll lock you into your room as she's leaving. Uh, and it's about Eva Green's character being terminally ill, so very doer. Very, mm-hmm. you know, not cheery. But worth watching or not? <laughs> it's kind of odd. Uh, yeah, okay. watch it. <laughs> yeah, watch it. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, Zen, one of my favorite series from um, 2011 on PBS, has mm-hmm. now reappeared on uh, BritBox. And I'm so pleased. It's a three-parter, an hour and a half each. And Rufus Sewell plays a policeman, a detective in Rome. Now, the funny thing about this, which is similar to Wallander, is that everyone in the show has an English accent, even <laughs> though it's in Rome. Okay. <laughs> With no shame. It's just that one of these great little follies that I find so entertaining, and I don't try to look for the meaning of it. 
it's very good. Very well, somebody good. made an executive decision. <laughs> yeah, and it works. It's like, what? And all the signs behind them are in Italian, and um, nobody speaks Italian, and nobody has an accent. <laughs> Not even out in the country. <laughs> um now, also, uh, we're talking about Maud Lewis. Maud Lewis, yes, indeed. I am so excited. There's an exhibit of her work, her primitive works, opening at the McMichael Collection uh, Monday and running through January. And as you know, she was the subject of the mm-hmm. film Maudie, mm-hmm. wonderful film, 2016, with Sally Hawkins as this um, arthritic abused woman in Nova Scotia who took a job working for a fisherman um, played by Ethan Hawke. Uh, and, you know, she endured his abuse, but then she found her freedom in painting. She painted every surface she could find, primitives, uh, cows, ducks, cats. And she became, because of a neighbor who was an art dealer in New York, she became world-renowned. Mm-hmm. And her work is quite charming. So I'm excited. I think people should need to look up Maudie, the film, and then go to McMichael and see her work. Well, it's in Kleinberg, Ontario. It's lovely. If you haven't been there, it's def- definitely a place to go. And the Doctor's House restaurant is also a nice place oh, to pop in for tea very right good. next door. Okay, and we have to leave it there, but there are more movie and TV reviews uh, up right now on whatshesaidtalk.com. She Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com. So here's the question of the day. Is the need to over-apologize more of a female thing? And regardless of who does it more, why are we doing it? Our next guest says women do, in fact, have a tendency to apologize more and do it for different reasons Mm -hmm. than men. Professor Maya holds a PhD in sociology from McMaster University, where she also teaches and is in studio with us now. Welcome to what she said. Thank you so much. Now, you're also the author of Hey Ladies, Stop (laughs) Apologizing and Other Career Mistakes Women Make. So tell us. Where did this obsession with apologies come from? Okay, so I was finishing my degree and I was attending an academic conference, a five-day conference. I was sitting in the audience, about 500 of us there, and there was a panel discussion. I was listening to fellow PhDs, women at the pinnacle of their career, women who had published hundreds of academic articles, dozens of books, and all they had to do was introduce themselves. Literally, that was it. And the first woman took the microphone and she said, I don't know what I could possibly add to such a distinguished panel. And immediately I thought, is she, what, what, what is happening? You are the world expert. If you don't know what you're doing here, why am I listening to you? And I thought, okay, you know, I, she's I nervous. Do, yeah, whatever. It, yeah, exactly. Second woman takes the microphone and she says, oh my gosh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I thought they sent the email to the wrong person. Third woman, fourth woman, same thing. Where there was a woman at that conference, an apologetic tone was sure to follow. Where there was a woman at that conference, there was a minimization of her accomplishments and a deflection of praise. And I found it enraging. Oh, my goodness. I found it enraging, but I also found it heartbreaking. But what I noticed at that conference for the first time was... It mirrored exactly what I was seeing in my undergraduate classrooms with my 18-year-olds and my 25-year-olds. And then I thought, oh, my goodness, it's all of us. These are women, tenured profs, world experts, and yet they were doubting. They were doubting themselves. 
And that's what I thought, oh, I have to do something. I have to write a book. And that's how my whole career changed because of that conference. Could this stem from childhood where someone was made to feel wrong when they were young and, and or maybe fear of punishment because they think they got something wrong? Uh, absolutely. A lack of confidence can stem from a lot of different things. Early childhood experiences, overly critical parenting behaviors, uh, childhood trauma can impact that. But then you get into the classroom setting and it can be impacted by your teachers who are more likely to call on boys and they are girls. But it's also about a lack of representation in every single thing we see on media, in books, in children's books, in movies, in commercials and brochures. It's like everywhere you go, you see a representation of a powerful man. And yet when we present as confident, when a woman presents as confident, she's read immediately as what? Cocky, conceited, aggressive, too much. Mm -hmm. And then there's also all that gender bias where we ourselves as women clock another woman as, ooh, that's too much. Who is she? Where is she going with all of that? Research shows women are tougher on other women. When you have two resumes that come your way, one's Howard, one's Heidi, they're identical. The women interviewer is more likely to hire, to hire Howard because Heidi seems a little too much, right? And so we have to recognize that bias ourselves so that when another woman presents as confident, we start thinking, yes, how can I get some of that? How can I learn from her? So how do we get past this feminine modesty and, and learn to acknowledge our own accomplishments? Easiest tip, say thank you. Say thank you. When you are complimented or praised on anything, from the color of your hair to your outfit to a job well done at work, thank you. And then zip it. And then, oh my goodness, resist the urge to then a self-deprecating joke, a little bit yeah. of humor. Oh, you look fabulous in that dress. Where'd you get it? Oh, this whole thing? Oh, I've had it for ages. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or even worse, this whole thing, I got it at Winners on Clearance. Yeah. Like, what? I've done that so Nobody many times. Nobody asked you where you bought it or how much you paid. Uh-huh. But you know what that is? That's planting a seed of doubt. So then somebody's looking at you going, well... You know what? It does kind of look wrinkled. It does look a little cheap. But thanks for bringing that to my attention because we've just led with the negative. That That is that that feminine modesty, that ingrained characteristic that we should always be so highly attuned to other people's feelings. Heaven forbid we own our light. We stand our ground and somebody else's feelings would get hurt. And I don't want that for me. I don't want that for my daughter or my undergrads or any woman listening. I don't want us to dim our light because somebody else's feelings may be hurt. Okay, so the book is called Hey Ladies, Stop Apologizing. Mm -hmm. How do people connect with you and, and get a copy of the book? Thank you. So they can go on to ProfessorMaya.com. That's my website. All my Instagram handles and Twitter is at ProfessorMaya, and Maya is M-A-J-A. Mm -hmm. um, or they can um, go on to TED Talks and check out my TED Talk. It's called How Apologies Kill Our Confidence. And TED actually just highlighted um, the TED Talk. All right. Professor Maya, thank you very much for coming in and telling us all about it today. Thank you so much. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. 
just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages. And they told me that variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that you could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to vistaoneinc.com, like I did. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, starting fresh with the warm weather is not only motivating, but can change one's perspective on how they approach health and fitness. But with the overwhelming amount of nutritional information available to us, it can be quite daunting picking a regime that works for you and your family. So joining us now with some tips is transformation specialist and nutrition expert, Suzanne Galut. So welcome to what she said. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And you're going to be bringing us um, some more segments with various tips yes. over the next few weeks. So that's awesome. But, but let's talk about... About, um, these quick fixes that we get promised by many diets that yes. are marketed towards demographics that are low on time. Mm -hmm. um, but you say they're not unhealthy, but they're nutritionally inadequate. Talk to us about that. For sure. So, I, I mean, I, I never like to look at it as a diet. I want people to want to do this as a lifestyle change rather than just a quick fix. And I'm going to eat, consume only these types of foods over this short amount of time, and I'm going to get my result. It doesn't work that way. I want people to understand that when you just look at it as more of a lifestyle, and I'm going to do this for the benefits of what it's going to do for me long term, live longer, you know, diseases that we can control through eating all the foods of the rainbow, not mm -hmm. just, you know, not just the fats or not just low carb. It's, it has to be balanced. And that's when you see results is when it's an overall view. I'm going to make this a lifestyle because I want to live longer. But then there's people mm -hmm. that will throw themselves into everything all at once. You know, they start yes. a new diet. They uh, take up a hobby, meditation or yoga or something. <laughs> or And then they, you know, enroll in a jet. Enroll in a gym. Yeah. yeah, and they fall off. Exactly. So, um, and how quickly yeah. do they fall off? Because they're so intent on... I got to do, I got to live this and do this and breathe this and go every single day. My approach is less is more. Let's just, let's make it sustainable because just because you have the time now to see the gym five days a week, a few months from now, life will mm -hmm. happen, right? Yeah. So I teach my members and even my corporate is let's make it sustainable. We're not going to go to the gym every single day. We're not going to eat healthy for, you know, three, four weeks at a time. We're going to do it in a balanced approach three times a week. Mm -hmm. is plenty and it will you'll sustain it and you're more likely to stay on when it's only three times per week for example and and not doing i mean i find i i do tend to say i'm gonna you know cut out all smoking go on a diet yes. increase my exercise all at once but lately I, i've just taken up 
walking again, like mm-hmm. fast walking. And I have an audio tape that cues me onto holding my stomach in and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. But I like it because it's sane. It's not, it's like, don't do everything else. This is all you need to do for this Precisely. first week. Maybe add drinking some more water. Yes. Next week, we'll add something else. Yes. So I think that's like, that's connecting with me at this age. It's yes. like, yeah, we'll just add in one thing till you get used to it yeah. and then increase. And you'll want it, you'll want to increase naturally. Right. Because you'll conquer that one thing, which is just the drinking water or just doing the, the daily walk or three times a week. And then you'll want it naturally rather than forcing it. So let's talk about making even, I mean, this is one thing that people can do, making recipes that you mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. a bit cleaner. Mm. Yeah. Not just eliminating them. Exactly. So um, a big one for many of my members is desserts. Do I have to give up <laughs> my desserts, right? And so I call my, my kids' cookbook is my adult cheat book. Right. Okay. It works for both of them. And what we do is and I tell them, you know, get creative, Google any recipe and do three swaps. So, for example, a carrot cake, swap out the butter for coconut oil. You're going to get a much healthier fat. Swap out the sugar for. So anytime I see a cup of sugar, I swap it out for one quarter cup maple syrup. Easy. And you'll get the same sweetness. And even if it's a little bit off, like. You know, I have to trial and error with my kids. I'll throw in a banana plus the one quarter cup maple syrup or I'll throw in some applesauce. But it's much better than the refined sugar, which it's going to spike up your insulin. And that's what's that's where the damage happens. And that's where the the hunger reoccurs. And then my last swap is flour. So I'll take uh, just plain white flour. I'll swap it either for I'll do a mix of a gluten free with a whole wheat Mm -hmm. and anything and trial and error. Like, don't be scared to try a recipe almond flours and things like that they can yes. make things more dense but they, they still they're still yeah. good they're still good they still it's nine times out of ten it'll taste fantastic if my kids don't like it my husband always eats it so <laughs> there's always somebody a good or you like take it. it to somebody's house like for our adult taste buds it's fantastic when you're tweaking for children it's a little bit more work so a sprinkle of chocolate chips let's say so what about things when you're pressed for time? Because we all think of it as a time thing. You know, it's yes. Saturday noon, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make the list and I'm going to look over the recipes. You yeah. think of it as a job. Yes. So just like how we approach the exercise, less is more three times a week, you don't have to meal prep an entire week of food. That just seems overwhelming for too many people. How about we just meal prep our snacks? Okay, so what, what would be the best snacks? Portable snacks, because yes, God exactly. knows we're in our cars and traveling all the time. So for me, as processed as I get with my members is a protein shake. Always have one on, and it's it's filling. Usually they're made with good quality ingredients because the the fitness industry is you know keen on making things even vegan and vegans vegan proteins tend to be very clean. So that's as processed as we get. Then I tell, for example, my corporate employees at their desk is an emergency kit. And so it'll keep them from, you know, if you're at... What's uh, in there? Exactly. So there's uh, oats, raw oats, a can of tuna. They've got the protein shake. They've got nuts, just a bag of almonds. And then, you know, bring five apples to work every week and just have them there. I'm laughing because a colleague uh, of mine um, at Global News has on her desk two cans of tuna. And they are marked open in case of emergency. See, exactly. (laughs) And it, you know, it stops you in your tracks from going to the vending machine. Right. Absolutely. And even, you know, for us, if you're not in a corporate environment, still meal prepping on the weekends, just one day, just your snacks, some egg white cups, uh, 
just chopped salad. Have it ready so you could just put it in a Tupperware and put it in your car. Egg white mini muffins. You like yes. those? Those yep. are a good those idea. Those are a big one. Now, you, you're talking about the the work that you do. Tell yes. us a little bit about that and what, uh, what you do at your studios and for corporate. Okay, so for my student, my studios are predominantly female. I work with women. Um, it's all ages. I have 20 years old to as old as 72. And it's, and it's all levels and uh, different types of fitness backgrounds. I have a lot of women that have never spe- stepped into a gym in their life. And that's why I feel like I'm created. That's my purpose is, you know, I want women to feel like, yeah, you can be that fit and, you know, do exercise and enjoy it and feel welcome in an environment. So my programs are based on transformations. Most women that come to me, they, you know, we start with the nutrition. They're usually, that's usually the biggest downfall of most women is that we, we're given so much information, mm-hmm. misinformation. So I just break it down step by step. The first thing I do with people is we sit for a nutrition session. And that's 50% of my job. People think it's the fitness part. It's not. Most of my job is teaching nutrition. So I teach them all my recipes. I teach them how to even break it down how, hour by hour how we're doing the meal prep, how to do it super quick. The recipes are super easy, and they transfer to the rest of your family. Then comes the workout. Like I said, it's three times a week. Mm-hmm. So we're not, I'm not, you know, inundating the my member with all this new information that they have to completely change their life. Nutrition first, workout, and then that's it. And same with my corporate. I do, um, I run a corporate program with three Bacaditas. And same thing, I teach them nutrition from ground up, and we work out only two days a week there. And you'd, you'd be shocked at the transformations that happen with two days a week of working out. And, and you also add in quick workouts that you can do yes. anytime, anywhere throughout the day. 15 minutes a day is what most people need. If, you're, if you couple that with, um, you know, adequate clean eating, you know, on the weekends, you can do your thing. Um, but, you know... Two, three, four, 20-minute workouts a week, you'll be in a very good position. Hmm. So Tabatas, I mean, these are things you could Google, and there's so much information on quick workouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One more thing that we didn't touch on is when you order out or go out. Okay. Or order in. Okay. <laughs> Ordering order out, just to keep it safe, because some people now, you know, with um, aging population, they're going out more, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to stay at home and cook for two people. It's, it's easier to just go out. So... What I say is just keep it clean. Order a clean piece of protein. Have a green salad. Tell them no nuts, no sauces, no fruit on your salad. Just tell them you want it totally, totally green. And steamed veggies. It seems very boring. Or a lettuce wrap. Uh, any of their meats mm-hmm. in a lettuce wrap. Mm-hmm. Seems boring, but it's fulfilling. It fills yeah. you up. It does the job. Yeah, hamburger places, I've noticed now, yeah. they're, they're doing hamburgers in a lot, lettuce they are. wrap. And yeah. take yeah. your poison. If you're and drinking that night, be clean with the food. Be clean with the food. If you're going to not drink that night, you know, you can have your your cake. Well, mm-hmm. they they are kind of getting into the flow because a lot of places now give you the calorie count. Yes, yeah, um, they, they have to too. Which we could talk about another time. Okay, okay. But so that's how do okay. people? Okay, is it? <laughs> okay, well, let's topic. talk about it. Yes. How do people connect with you uh, online? Where they go? dot com. Okay, and it's S U Z A N G A L L U Z Z O. Yes, correct. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having yeah. me. Lovely meeting you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. 
Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique, affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. by Amai Kuda and Version Excursion. And that's off their brand new collaborative EP called Holding Back, which is out now. Afro soul songwriter and vocalist Amai is here with us in studio. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us what it was like working with producer Lee Castle on this project. It's been great. It's been really refreshing to... Uh, not have to worry about musical arrangements, instrumental arrangements, and just respond to his production and allow myself to focus on the song, the melodic, uh, the vocal melody and lyric writing. It's just, it's a nice break from the other aspect that I end up doing with my other project. So, Well, a message that comes through, I, I think, consistently in your music is the call to um, take up the wisdoms of the past, follow your ancestors. What message are you trying to get across with this EP? To be honest, I don't think that I'm so much consciously aware of trying to get across a message as much as, as I said, it, it kind of comes through like a reminder from my ancestors consistently. And then I know that Lee has his own sort of mandate to um, renew awareness around the history of uh, UK electronic music that came out, typically called trip hop, came mm -hmm. out of Black Struggle in the 90s in Bristol, where he's from. And so, you know, he's already got this sort of focus on remembering the past. And so it fits nicely with with this this message, message that continually comes through around remembering and reconnection. Mm. And your son uh, plays with you regularly and even had a writing credit on your last uh, album. That's yeah. a pretty cool experience for a young person. <laughs> yeah, it is great. He's very creative, and I like to support that. And also, to be honest, my name Amai Kuda means mother of Kuda. His name is Kuda. Oh. And it's a Southern African tradition where once you have a child, you become mother of or father of and the first child's name. And so for me, it was that's I took on that name, and nobody calls you by your uh, your given name anymore after that. And so it's almost like a rebirthing process. And for me, that was very much um, when I had my son, it's when I came into myself as, a, as an artist. So he's very much a part of that. And, you know, becoming a creator, he's, he's helped me to be that. So what is your advice to um, other indie artists up and coming right now? Um, I would say, you know, 
speak from your soul, speak from your authentic experience, because there's a lot of music that does sound very similar. And I think what really, you know, when you want to contribute something to the world, it's if you want it to be unique and you want it to actually make a difference, then speak your truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so where can people connect with you online and get the EP? Well, you can find us on all the usual social media, Instagram, Facebook, um, and Twitter. I, you can because there were two entities collaborating. You can find Version Excursion and you can find Amaikuda Elebois on both of those, uh, all those platforms. And you can also stream the music on all the usual uh, streaming services, iTunes, CD Baby, uh, Spotify. All right, everywhere you get your music. Amaikuda, thank you so much for joining us today. That is it for What She Said This Weekend. We will be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Happy Canada Day long weekend and singing us out now. Here is Amaikuda performing This Is How. This is how, this is how we live And forget nothing, nothing is real This is how, this is how we call And never take you for granted, baby How could you see it? you believe it? How could you live to call me? Forever is a day now. Forever in a day. Forever is the blood spilled. Spilled this way. How could you not forget? Forget where you're from. How could you Blood is in your arms Taking it for granted And the heart still mocking Fields over river And I can't explain it How could you How could you Ever let me down Ever let me down
Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.